Film Fanatics. From the silver screen to your earphones. With Alan Azulay and Gal Balaban. Welcome back to Film Fanatics, where we talk about the movies that have us obsessed, excited, and inspired. I'm Gal. And I'm Alan. Today we have an unofficial but sort of official theme for the episode. What is it, Gal? Our theme today is Benedict Cumberbatch. It's not really a theme. <laughs> well, we kind of just pieced it together because when we were putting together the movies that we were going to talk about, we were like, hmm, that's a nice little through line there. And we love the guy. Who doesn't? Yes. And it's also the first time that we're doing a total recall of a more recent movie because of said through line. We're talking about the imitation game. Which is probably, I don't want to say like his best role, but like probably the, his most acclaimed role. Then we looked at his insanely acclaimed new movie, The Power of the Dog, on Netflix in our Can It Contend segment. And last but not least... Watch Spider-Man No Way Home. I'm more excited than that, I promise you guys. Finally, we watched it. Okay, are you ready to get into Total Recall, Gal? I am. Okay, so today's Total Recall, like I said before, we're talking about a more recent movie. It's a movie for 2014. Uh, so 2020s movies are all up for grabs now in Total Recall, just so you know. <laughs> um, anyway, this, uh, this week's movie is The Imitation Game, starring Benedict Cumberbatch, Kira Knightley, Matthew Good, and Charles Dance. Are you paying attention? Good. If you're not listening carefully, you will miss things. Important things. You think that because you're sitting where you are and I am sitting where I am, that you are in control of what is about to happen. You're mistaken. I am in control. What did you think about the movie? I saw this when it came out in theaters with my mom and my grandparents. And it was a situation where this was before the theaters near me had reserved seating. So we bought tickets online, but you still have to choose your seats when you get into the theater. So we wound up in a situation where we were in one of the front rows and your neck hurts because you're looking all the way up. But I remember really loving this movie. We all did. And I watched it again this week for this. And it holds up. I mean... I loved this movie and it's amazing to see how the director and the writer of this movie turned the entirety of World War II into like this cat and mouse game, this puzzle that needs to be solved and it's really riveting the whole story around it. Yeah, uh, this was the first time that I watched this movie. I of course heard about it. I don't know why I didn't watch it, but I just didn't. And uh, it was, like you said, it was a riveting movie. I really enjoyed it. The cinematography was great. The direction was really, really good. And the performances, especially by Benedict Cumberbatch, were insane. You, you could see that like he was acting his heart out in that movie because it wasn't him. It just seems like you're watching Alan, uh, Alan Turek, and that's it. What does it feel like watching a movie where the whole movie they're like, Alan, Alan? I hate it. I hate it every time that that happens. <laughs> with Gal, I get that, ha that happens probably way less. I don't think I've ever seen a movie with a character named Gal. No, there's only an actress, and that's more than enough for Hollywood, apparently. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't. I hope I don't watch a movie with a character named Gaul because that would just be weird. Yeah, it takes you out of the movie a little bit, but you know what you're gonna do. <laughs> I do think this is his best performance of his career still. And I agree. I agree. Because you said earlier, maybe not his best, but his most acclaimed. So I thought you were going somewhere with that. No, no. I was just saying, like, maybe in general, maybe people would have a different op- a different opinion. But, like, it's, def- it's definitely his most acclaimed. I think that's known in the industry. Kira Knightley is also super good in this movie. She really is. She, she also, like, her acting here is also really good. Uh, something j- that I just want to point out is how, like, the movie deals with like social issues and all that like from the war and like like uh the issue of homosexuality at that time you you were forbidden to be a homosexual basically in uh in the uk and they and the way they they talk about that i don't know it just really uh feels like one of the most subdued yes yet most important parts of a war movie which is weird but like good yeah it's really heartbreaking at the end uh when you find out what really happened with alan turing and that's where his performance comes in again and he's so good and and also like when you find out what his inventions led to that's also really like uh revolutionary i also really like charles dance in this movie he plays the the colonel who keeps trying to shut down and doubt his missions. I love Charles Dance also in uh, basically anything because he he's such a good actor. What are his other really good parts? I remember he was in Mank. What else is there? Yeah, he, play, he played Tywin Lannister, the head of the Lannister family in Game of Thrones. And he was just so good in that show. Wait, so, is there a Tywin and a Tyrion Lannister? Yeah, of course there is. That's uh, so confusing. <laughs> uh Tywin is Tyrion's dad. Uh, oh. He, uh, so, like, he's, like, the patriarch of the family. And he's just so good. Like, he's he's mustache-twirling villain in that role, <laughs> but, like, not in the obvious way, in, like, a more classically acting kind of way. I don't know. He's kind of like that here, too, even though he's on the good side. He's, like, the the obstacle for Alan Turing. Yeah, he's a character actor, right? And uh, exactly, and he's really good. Like <laughs> every time he was on screen, I was just like focusing on his acting, which is something he does to me. Like whenever he shows up. So we look back. This movie was nominated for a bunch of Oscars, like Best Picture. It won Best Adapted Screenplay. I remember, but there's so many biopics coming out almost like every month, even these days. Where does this hold up in the modern biopic world? I think this can be regarded like highly. Like it's one of the one of the top biopics of uh, the twenty tens and twenty twenties in general. That's definitely true. I mean, I'm trying to think of some off the top of my head right now, like The Big Short, uh, Steve Jobs. I love Steve Twelve Jobs. Years a Slave. Like this is up there when it comes to true story movies. Yeah, I was gonna say Steve Jobs, like as one that that I really liked. But yeah, like uh, there's a lot of good ones. Uh, we talk a lot about the social network here and basically anything. That's like the uh, golden bar for biopics. Exactly. And basically anything that Aaron Sorkin touches, I guess, would go into this category. Right. Yeah. This isn't Aaron Sorkin, but it's definitely at that level if we're just talking quality wise. Yeah. Of the of the writing, I, 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 would, I would agree with that. Yeah. It even won the Oscar for, for yeah. writing, which is cool. And World War II movies especially come very, very often. And normally I prefer like the battlefield kind of movies like Dunkirk. But this, 
I think, from a character standpoint and story standpoint, could equal a movie like that. I think I'm the opposite of you in that, in that respect. You know, I don't really like war movies that much. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoy when a war movie is mostly, like, the people behind the scenes and, like, all, yeah. the, all the drama and all the, like, spy stuff. Like, I, I, I rather watch that side, like, all the time. <laughs> Have you watched Bridge of Spies, by the way? No, it's directed by Steven Spielberg, right? I yeah, should watch that I movie. think you would love it then if you liked this movie. I think I didn't watch it because I was so mad because the guy from Bridge of Spies won the Oscar that I wanted to go to someone else or something. Tom Hardy should have won that year. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, I'm not going to get into that right now. Uh, Did you not like about- The Revenant? Anyway, let's move on before me and Gal start fighting here about The Revenant. All right, let's talk in our next segment about a newer Benedict Cumberbatch movie in Can It Contend? This one's called The Power of the Dog, and it's already sweeping up a lot of awards love. It's up for a leading seven Golden Globes and ten Critics' Choice Awards as of this week, and it's directed by Jane Campion. A man was made by patience and the odds against him. For what kind of man would I be if I did not help my mother? I did not save her. We both watched it because it's now available for all of you who have Netflix, which is hopefully all of you. And I suggest you give it a watch if A, you like westerns, or B, you like really slow-paced drama and like long, long movies. I think you guys might know where I'm going with this. Uh... I'm not quite sure it was for me. Um, I'm not a particularly big fan of westerns, as the uh, gal knows. And um, as of movie, like two minutes ago, yeah, you didn't know this. Have I don't think talk? we've talked that much about westerns. That's probably why, because uh, <laughs> oh, I don't no. like them that much. And um, as in, as far as like big, like big drama, I love big drama. Until it kind of overstays its welcome. Uh, what is your opinion on the movie, Gal? I think I'm in the opposite camp here. I didn't adore this movie by any means, but I did really like it. I didn't think it was that slow. It is a slow-paced movie, but I think it didn't feel like it was two hours Nothing and ten minutes. happens in this movie. It's very... As opposed to the imitation game, this is the opposite. Because it's not with a lot of dialogue. Benedict is really good in this movie. Let's get that out of the way. Kirsten Dunst, I thought, was the best part. And the the cinematography, I really liked. But yeah, this is not for everyone because there's just not that much dialogue. It's much more about an atmosphere. Yeah, and about the mood and about the characters' dynamics against each other. Um, I talked with my grandparents and they really loved this movie. But I don't think it would be for my parents. See, that makes sense. I can only recommend this to like, people who love movies, which is why I would have assumed you like this movie too, but it, I guess not. I had a weird time watching it because sometimes I was like, oh my God, this movie is really good. When like I saw like some amazing shots, as you said, about the cinematography mm-hmm. and some amazing moments of like uh, Benedict Cumberbatch acting and like with one of the supporting characters, then I was like, wow, maybe I love this movie. But like... Just overall, I don't feel like I can give it like a positive, like I can give it like a positive review in the sense it was a really well-made movie and like 
really well shot and like with some amazing acting it's just it was just a bit too slow a bit too atmospheric as you described it um yeah i hope benedict cumberbatch wins the oscar or something for this but just because of how good he is so now that you know how we feel about it let's segue from there you said you think benedict cumberbatch could win the oscar so we could start with there he's nominated for almost all the guilds so far with best actor and i think the main competitor in that realm is will smith who we've talked about in the last episode i i would give it to will smith i think my pick would be will smith and personally if i know how the academy thinks i think will smith is more out there this is more subdued and will smith is more out there and i think he would just fall short of winning because of smith but i do think there's almost a lock for a nomination for him no he's gonna get nominated that's for sure um he could even win but again i think he's looking at a number two spot here for this year exactly like if will Which wasn't is so there. unlucky for him. so unlucky for him because i feel like he could have been close to the imitation game too but there was stephen hawking the eddie redmayne that year too kirsten dunst like i said was amazing i've never loved her as an actor but this alongside Fargo, which I just caught up on the whole thing this year, I thought uh, this is a really good performance and I'd for sure want to put in Best Supporting Actress. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um... I do think Cody Smith-McPhee has a chance here. He is like relatively young compared to most people who get nominated, but I yeah. do think there's a shot, especially because he got nominated for stuff yeah. recently. Either it's more likely that women get nominated when they're younger in the in the Oscars. Just it's not my opinion. It's just like statistically what what has been the case. That's for sure. Uh, men are usually at least at least thirty or forty. Like that's the like younger side of men winning best actor or supporting actor or like being nominated. Uh, with women, it's a little bit different. We had the situation like like we talked about last episode with like Haley Steinfeld and Anna Paquin and Anna Paquin. Uh, like I don't f- I don't know of a situation like that with a boy that has happened recently. Like a really young guy. Yeah. Like, well, Cody Smith McPhee's twenty five, and Timothy oh, Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet was nominated when he was younger. He's twenty five. Yeah. I thought he was like fourteen. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, he was in all the X-Men movies. Uh, he was Nightcrawler in X-Men Apocalypse. No way. He's been in movies for like Why 10 years now. Why did I think now. he was like 14? Did he really look that young? For, I was a hundred percent sure he was fourteen. Which I think is he why, could maybe pass as eighteen. Which is why I made the comparison with the girls. That makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> no, if he's twenty-five, of course he can get a nomination. <laughs> What do you think about Jane Campion's chances at getting a director Oscar? Because she re- she did a really good job here. Like, I think her chances are very high, actually. I think she's pretty sure she's one of the most beloved female directors in the industry. I haven't seen any of her other movies, but I know she's been nominated before. And I think she's getting a lot of praise for this. And I think her and Kenneth Branagh are locks right now for director. Most likely Steven Spielberg. Uh, Denis Villeneuve looks likely. And then there's another like wild card there. If those are my predictions for director now, but I think Jane Campion is actually one of the front runners. Oh, you don't think? I don't know about uh, winning. You don't think about Guillermo del Toro in uh, getting a director nod? 
I just think he's he would be in the wild card, but it could happen. I mean, I really want to watch Nightmare Alley because I mean, he did, great. he did win for Shape of Water and the movie looks really good. As soon as it comes out in Israel, I want to go. I'll tell you something. When uh, Shape of Water was my pick that year for Best Picture. Look, Shape of Water <laughs> is one of the still one of the better Best Picture winners if you compare to like Green Book or The King's Speech or The Artist. Well, The King's Speech was a bit weak. Best Picture-wise, I think... There's probably a 70 to 80% nomination. I think even higher, maybe. Yeah? Because of how many nominations it's already yeah, getting. Yeah, you do think you're like, I'm letting my, my, my feelings interfere with my predictions. I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> I don't think this would ever be my pick to win Best Picture, especially because I recently saw West Side Story and it's like my favorite movie of the year now. But I'm watching next week. I think you'll really like it. But I think you'll probably, you're right, you'll probably get a nomination for Best Picture, and I don't think it will win. But, man, good for Gene Campion and Benedict Cumberbatch, because, again, these are two names that I feel like deserve to be, like, in in the conversation here. For sure. Well, 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 we made it. Did you skip to this point, or did you... (laughs) (laughs) Or <laughs> did you actually listen you actually to actually listen to our Benedict Cumberbatch marathon? Anyway, this movie also has Benedict Cumberbatch. We're finally talking after what feels like 20 years. Actually, it's been 20 years since I watched the first Spider-Man movie. But anyway, our review for Spider-Man No Way Home. We watched it last Spider-Man night. Spider-Man No Way Home. We watched it in the premiere together with a couple of other friends of ours. And uh, what did you think, Al? It was pretty surreal going to watch this movie. This felt like every year there's like Avengers Endgame or uh, etc. where it's like it feels like the movie of the year. And this felt like that going to see it in theaters. It was a pretty wild experience. It was a great movie to watch in theaters. Um, especially with an audience. And I do think it's better than Homecoming and Far From Home. It was exciting. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, this was the best experience I had in the movies uh, since the pandemic. Like, hands down. Uh, I had a good experience with Shang-Chi too, speaking of Marvel, but like nothing compared to this. Um, This movie has so many turns like and so many... Fun stuff happens on it that we can obviously not talk about right now. It's, we're itching to talk about spoilers now, but we're holding ourselves back because we respect you. Oh, we will soon. Don't worry about it. We're going to deal with it in the way like if if it was in the trailer, we're allowed to talk about it. Okay? Yeah, we can talk about it. If it wasn't in the trailer, of course, we're not going to mention it. If it was like on a TV spot or something, we didn't even see the TV spots. So, I don't watch TV spots. So we wouldn't know. I don't watch cable TV. Um... tampered with the stability of space-time. The multiverse is a concept about which we know frighteningly little. The problem is you trying to live two different lives. The longer you do it, the more dangerous it becomes. I don't know if like structurally as a movie if it is better than both are from home and homecoming especially because homecoming is very like a very structured story maybe i'm just excited because i just saw but, this movie last night but when you're talking about like hype and like uh having fun in the theater and all that 
This was definitely the best Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. From that point of view, yes. Like, no. Maybe structurally I have to think about that more. We, ha- we have to think about it more. There's there's no way of us telling you this now. Yeah. Once once we've seen it like more times, which we definitely will. I'll, I'm I'll definitely going to watch this another time. I'll see it at least one more time in the theaters, that's for sure. In theaters, maybe not. Um, <laughs> but I don't ever do that. Oh, I always do that if I really love the movie. I um, only did that with Infinity War. Anyway, uh, I watched that game like three times. Uh, nice. Uh, but this is the end of his journey as AKA Iron Man Jr. And he, now he's Spider-Man. Look, I think bringing Spider-Man into the MCU was the best thing that ever happened to the character. Having him interact with all those characters was a lot of fun. Putting Doctor Strange in this movie and having all that play into the the villains from the other franchises is really cool. And... Yeah, this is basically the end of him being reliant on Iron Man as a mentor father figure. And that's very like you feel like there's a journey here for sure. And Tom Holland um, just really sells that character. He and Zendaya and Jacob Batalon as Ned play off each other so, so well. They definitely do. They they have always been great. They've always been the best part of these movies have been like those three characters ned has some of the funniest lines in this movie i'm just gonna say yeah for sure and um again it's not like a that much of a gripe it's more like um i'm really excited I'm, i was so excited during this movie when i saw it happening like throughout the movie you feel it happening like tom holland like growing up as spider-man which is crazy because of all the shit that happened to him in the past like two years, which has been a lot, he's forced to grow up and like you see him becoming Spider-Man. And that's honestly something I don't I didn't even feel with Toby Maguire. So like props to the movie for being able to like transmit that for the first time ever. It definitely gets takes darker directions. I like how some of the conflicts still make still have relatable parts to them like trying to get into the same colleges as your friends and stuff i really like the that john watts arc that he has with high school but it also goes into darker stuff which i was really on the edge of my seat and i know you were too speaking of edge of your seat uh let's talk about the villains right we know this movie is full of villains from the trailer who was the best one in your opinion I think Willem Dafoe was actually the best part. He was much better than what they did with Green Goblin in the Amazing Spider-Man movies. And Dan DeHaan? Yeah. Peter, you're struggling to have everything you want while the world tries to make you choose. So Green Goblin, he sold that part really well. Alfred Molina was fun i like the the doc ock action sequences and electro it was much better than what they did in amazing spider-man 2 and they actually gave jamie fox room to to act and not just be like spider-man hates me i gotta go shock people now or whatever he was doing in the last movie he didn't come to my birthday party yeah exactly and everyone will be able to see me for who i truly am and who are you Like you said, the Goblin is number one, like for sure. Yeah. Like he's so good here. Will and Defoe is a fantastic actor. Oh my God. And Did you watch The Lighthouse? Uh, I haven't yet, but I heard he's incredible. He was incredible in that. In that. Uh, but I watched him in other stuff and he's 
so good and he was so good in spider-man i know you didn't agree with that that much i thought he had a good arc and like um no he's definitely good in the original spider-man i just never loved that movie in general that's fair like it's one of my favorite movies just because it was one of my first superhero movies so that probably plays a part on it you know i'm summing up a scientist myself exactly the the humor in this movie was like on point it was really good i think besides guardians of the galaxy and maybe ant-man these are the only marvel movies that are full-on comedy and thor ragnarok so like just let me put it that way like i did have some criticism about like the way they handle things but i had the best time in the theater that i had in a long ass time our theater was loud and like i was i would maybe was one of the loudest you yes can, you can probably check fact check me on that like i was, I was clapping i was but I wasn't screaming like, like when shit went down i was like clapping and i was like woo. You look like a little kid like, i was like so fun because like i did a little bit of woos because like for me like the avengers movies i i, I got close to that uh, I maybe got more emotional in the Avengers movies than here, but like here I got more excited because these are like the things I grew up with. I didn't grow up with the MCU. Does that right. make sense? I mean, I did. So, so like, that's why me, Endgame was. So you know what I what it means? Like for me, like these characters, like those were the Spider-Man movies, and those were almost the only only superhero movies when I was a kid, and like I remember even seeing some of them in the theaters and all that, and like. I remember loving them and they were like my favorite thing. Honestly, you have the time of your life. Go watch this movie. Go watch No Way Home. It's one of those movies that you can't miss in theaters. I'd say it's definitely up there with Shang-Chi. It's just two really great additions to the MCU. So that was our review for the biggest movie of the year. It's now in theaters everywhere and you can enjoy it with your friends, your family, and if you like it enough, maybe go watch it again, like Alan plans on doing. Yeah, for sure. And um, just just go watch it. You're going to have the time of your life. And we'll see you guys next week. Yeah, quick shout out to my boy, Benedict Cumberbatch. We love you. Keep up the great performances. And we can't wait to see you in Doctor Strange 2. We have a lot more episodes planned for this season with some great guests as well. I'm Gall. And I'm Alan. And I'll see you next time. 